This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Change the perception. Forget the sample. I'm James. Haru provided the three chords, but we're bringing the truth. My name's Keen. Welcome to Sissy That Pod. And today we are rounding up All-Star 6 like a herd of sheep, putting them back in their country paddock and we're moving on to the next franchise. And helping us do that is the fantastic podcast host of Lay Do You Remember This, Dara Lane. Dara Lane, thank you so much for joining us for the finale of All Stars 6. Were you happy with the winner? Let's jump in right at the end and then we can take it back to the start. I was thrilled um, and I was honestly surprised because my theory with the last few episodes were that mm-hmm. they were setting up um, Eureka to win. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought that we were seeing a lot of strings being pulled of like really effusive praise where I didn't think it was necessarily warranted and just kind of like really pushing her towards the front. I felt like it was hers to lose, but I, I was rooting for, um, God, Kylie. Is it Kylie? Yes. Kylie. Yeah. I, I have such a hard time memorizing the names of people that I haven't seen on past seasons. I don't think I ever saw her original season. Yeah. But she was my favorite from the jump. So I was very excited. And I think her performance was undeniable. So I think it was Eureka's to lose and she lost it. Yeah. I actually it's interesting you say that because I had seen because I just thought it was so absolutely definitely going to be Ginger that won. I was like that they needed to create a sort of a competition. So that's why mm-hmm. they were kind of like pushing this whole comeback kid, Eureka kind of narrative. Um, and I had somewhat counted Raja and Kylie out, but then I do think Kylie very solidly won every section of this episode. Yes. So you were just kind of like, well, this makes absolute sense. Like it, it makes absolute sense. I felt very sorry for Ginger though, because I, I just think she's such like a, like she's such a star. Like she is really mm-hmm. such a star. Um, but you know what? On a day full of iconic um, happenings, we have our first trans winner um, of Drag Race. We have a 40 year reunion of ABBA and we have a cover version of a terrible song from Celebrity Big Brother being released. I mean, does it get any better than this? I mean, we are living in a time of peak culture. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you know, Ginger was obviously a front runner throughout the whole season. I was a big fan of her from the jump. Thought she did fantastic. Looking at the fan reaction, both on our page and other pages and Twitter polls, New Hamasaki, all that sort of stuff, the fans were loving Raja. So I thought this was Raja's to lose going into it. And yeah, I was t- I've been Team Kylie um, for to win, even though like I was like Ginger probably deserves it more. So I was delighted she won. Have to say, I did see somebody on Twitter share a. Curse of the Third Timers, uh, which was Shangela, Manila, uh, Eureka, and Ginger. Eureka and Jujubee all came back mm. for the third time. None of them won. So mm. maybe third third time isn't a chance. <laughs> well, th- I think that's especially true for Ginger. And I think Ginger needs to um, 
go home from this situation and honestly do some soul searching because she is too talented at this point to lose to someone who's kind of as green as Kylie is like, you know, she's not as polished, but she has this raw talent, raw vulnerability that I think people really responded to. I think she's a little more versatile and Ginger is so good that if she hasn't won yet, she needs to like figure out a mm-hmm. new facet of herself to surprise people. I, I think like her she- monologue was so just like rehearsed from last yeah. episode. And it was just like, come on, shake it up. I know you've <laughs> done this monologue, like at 10 different storytelling shows, like do something else, please. It also didn't read through as a true story either. It all seemed very like, you yeah. Know, yeah, there, there was I'm being hoodwinked here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you're you're right. I think that Ginger and Shangela are a, a good sort of comparison because the two of them are queens who are like have sort of outgrown the need to like attach themselves to Drag Race with the amount of talent they have, with the amount of ability they have, with the sort of with even where their careers have taken them. So kind of coming back to Drag Race is kind of like a little bit beneath them. Um, mm-hmm. And I just hopefully, because there is obviously rumours about international seasons and that other queens and like Jujubee is supposedly coming back. I just hope that this is the point at which Ginger hangs up her Drag Race wig and goes like, I'm I'm moving into this new section of my, of my life and career. I'm going to take the Bianca Del Rio approach and just be like a stand-up comedian which I think is what she would have their strengths in. Yeah. I mean, if she were to just completely immerse herself in doing, um, you know, Broadway and stuff like that, her, that's where her skill set is best used because when you're doing that sort of stuff, you have one type and you always play that type. Yeah. On drag race, it's just like, you can't just be one thing and show the same thing over and over and over again, because people are looking for something new every time and for you to level up and there's nowhere for her to level up. She's very talented. She doesn't necessarily need to, but to succeed on drag race, like she has to integrate a new skill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like she's at her, at her peak at the moment. And it's kind of like, there's no room for growth, I guess. So we are left wanting as viewers, I suppose, to a certain Mm -hmm. extent. Um, I thought it was really interesting how we had all four kind of southern queens. I don't know, does Florida count as the south? Yes. But yes. It, okay. It, I know it is. The armpit south. of the south. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess, I, no offense to, I mean, I would say like all of the south is the armpit of the south, but like also, <laughs> you know, Florida is its own animal. I'll say mm. that, but it is the South. It has Southern values. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. And I was trying to think back to the last time this happened, I think was possibly All-Stars 3, Shangela was Texas. I know um, Trixie is from Milwaukee, but I suppose, is that country, if not Southern? I don't it's, know. It's, it's Midwest. It's yeah. Midwest, which is also like um, Southern values, but not culturally Southern. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't work it out. And then I suppose, you know, like a BB was Cameroonian and, and which, you know, is in big city, I guess. And Kennedy is 
Atlanta. So I was like, I, d- I couldn't work it out anyway. But this seemed to be the first time that they were all proper country queens. And I yes. think RuPaul hit the jackpot with that he happened to go into his producers with a CD single of Old Tower Road to be like, I'll have one of these, please. <laughs> I mean, little Nas X needs to be out there right now writing to his <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Can you please explain? <laughs> I will say, though, Kylie, I could not get over her Luke. For that performance, she was just full Jessica Simpson. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I was seeing I that. Was, I was so <laughs> happy. Yeah. And I was looking around to be like, how has she got this so right? I, I'm just, I guess the other queens had their finale lip sync looks with them, but none mm-hmm. of them looked country at all. They all looked off, and hers looked perfect. It, and also, then with the, the runway look, um, it, it always annoys me when their runway looks don't have any sort of through line to whatever mm-hmm. the performance previously was. Yeah. And she was the only one who had like a theme with both of her outfits. Everyone else was just like, here's my random, all my random outfits that I just like pulled. Had left in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Oh yeah. I'll finally do this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, Dara, do you want to explain to us, for people who don't know the cultural sensation that is Tanya Tucker Mm -hmm. okay so I feel like a a country person that I feel like is global that everyone can relate to would be someone like Dolly Parton Mm -hmm. Tanya Tucker is um is her peer um not as globally famous she's she's more of like if you i mean everyone saw the reactions of these truly like southern gals this is something like you grow up on and i think you really have to be a fan of country to know about her it's not like dolly parton that kind of transcends genres yeah um so but yeah she she's a legend she's a country legend um she's like a cool like badass like woman of the time um yeah she's a, le- she's a I, legend i wanted to actually ask about that and I, if you don't know you, you don't know but like <laughs> obviously country has something of a less than inclusive kind of mm-hmm. you know kind of vibe going on but it feels like these the, the women you know if you look at the Judds and Tanya Tucker and uh, and Dolly Parton Shania Twain they and Casey Musgraves yeah Casey Musgraves it's just like it's like they are full-on queeros like people are just you know they, they are massive with the gay community what why is that or do we know why that is so here's my theory and Great question. And I'm just going to like work this out on the fly. It's workshop it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but so um, with like male country, especially from, I would say like the seventies on, it's been like really mainstream, really conservative, like get me my beer, my gun. Mm-hmm. Um, we're straight. Yeah. <laughs> but the, Origins of country is like storytelling about your pain and heartbreak and um, like stuff that I think women and queer people really resonate with, mm-hmm. um, you know, being like a scrappy coal miner's daughter and, and all these things. So I think just in general, the women in country 
are more liberal. Um, they love, you know, like the Patsy Kleins and um, these like very cool women who, you know, bring so much emotion to their songs. Um, and they're, they're all scrappy. Yeah. They all had to like fight against um, men in the, in the industry. And now as you get to like Casey Musgraves or I think like post uh, the chicks, we call them yeah. the chicks now, or they're not the Dixie <laughs> chicks. Um, like post them speaking out against George Bush. After things sort of calmed down, I think a lot of female country musicians felt even more emboldened to start speaking out against things. And so now it's just like the women in country are for the people. Mm-hmm. Men in country, a little less so. Yeah, it's 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 the Garth Brooks moment over there. Just we're gonna sit here with our boots and our hat, and we're gonna mm-hmm. the women will be pretty, and they won't say very much. But it's like no, exactly. the women the women will speak out, <laughs> and the queers will yas queen. Cause, <laughs> exactly, because I kind of feel and like tying on that as well as like the kind of I feel the queer appeal of such strong, powerful female singers is that they're kind of standing up to the patriarchy, which queer people feel an mm-hmm. identity to. And I feel maybe for country music, it's still probably the most upfront about its sexism like how difficult it is for female country stars to get playlisted on country radio and like a lot of the Casey Musgraves and Kelsey Ballerini and stuff don't often get played so I wonder is because they have a bigger fight for them they become even bigger queer icons or something possibly could tie into Mm -hmm. it I think that's def I think that's definitely true I think the same I I would say like any outspoken country lady you know, gets her ass handed to her by her own people, you know, by the Southerners, by these like conservatives and the labels want them to conform. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think as they get rejected by their own like conservative community, then of course the ladies and the gays must st- step in and like claim them as our own. <laughs> And actually, it's kind of what happens in all studies. I was just thinking, because you're currently doing a series on the girls next door. Mm -hmm. And in a way, that's what happened with those three girls is that they started out trying to make it in this industry that just wanted to use them for their bodies. And that was just kind of, you know, going to be putting them in Playboy to be looked at by the men. But then as they became more powerful and the the powers that be were sort of pushing them out and trying to sit on their fire and uh, the, the ladies and the gays were like, no, we relate to you. We love you. I'm a Kendra. Yeah. I'm a Bridges. Yeah. And that's such a good point, too, because it is also the powers that be being like men mm-hmm. and the people who enable these types of um, entities. They only saw them as nothing, as one thing. And all of these women are so dynamic in their own special ways that, you know, gay men and women are the ones who see that and, and, yeah. and lift it up. Whereas, you know, the establishment patriarchy establishment tries to keep us down. Is, is there an American male country singer? Like I know Orville Peck, but he's Canadian, right? I think. And there's a little Nas X, but that's called, you know, is he country or whatever? Like, I know there's quite um, a few lesbian country singers like Brandy Carlisle and stuff. I just don't know any gay. I would say um, Orville Peck and like Lil Nas X are like the only 
Um, Dude, I leaned say. into that. Okay. Area. Yeah. yeah. Everyone else, it is very, very Bro. conservative. I mean, I guess there's um, like, he's not queer, but he has such like a queer background of his performance is Garth Brooks, who like for a while in. Oh, yeah. What, what was, was his like, alter 90s. ego name? Oh, God. Chris. 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 Hi. Chris Gaines. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Hold on. <laughs> yes, I think that's it. That's the name that rec- that resonates with me. <laughs> and he was like basically doing some, you know, it, it was like yeah, um, Chris Gaines when yeah. Britney Chris Gaines, and he it was almost like when Britney Spears in during Blackout was like, I have my dark hair and I'm like I'm the bad me, and he had like a black wig and D- eyeliner black. <laughs> And he was like, ooh, I'm a bad boy, which I think is very <laughs> queer. And he's he is more of like an ally, I would say, as like time yeah. has gone on. Like he seems to be like a cool guy. But all those other ones, no, 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 no. But now now we have the most iconic male country singer of all time in the form of RuPaul. So <laughs> we're fine. <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 well let's get let's, let's get into that performance um actually sorry before we get to performance sorry we have the tic-tac lunch um which was i thought i thought it was quite nice this, this time around eureka i think probably did the best in this one i feel i think she had a real opportunity to express her vulnerability and talking about you know she she came here and she learned she was able to benefit without tearing other people down which i thought was a nice a nice mm-hmm. journey for mm-hmm. her uh, one story I mean they obviously d- lent into it more with Eureka than they did with, with Ginger but I've appreciated the amount of focus given to sort of like plus size queens and sort of the the attitudes that people have towards plus size people like when Eureka said in her speech on the stage about kind of how people feel free to make assumptions about my work ethic or feel free to make assumptions about kind of you know my abilities on the basis of my size I was like that will resonate with so many people who will have felt that exact same thing and seeing her kind of saying like well no it's not fair don't make those assumptions is going to be really powerful um i i so enjoyed eureka all this season ever since we're here on the, the that makeover show she did I, i've just been obsessed with her like I, I just think she is so genuine and i don't know just has such a charm about her um i, I just really enjoyed her what do you think it will take for eureka to win Oh, in a God. subsequent season. I was, I like, was thinking what, this. What do you think held her back? I just think she needed to go for it more. Like, she wasn't the best mm-hmm. at anything. Like, she came... Yeah. I think her... Her redemption was she was no longer this villain character and she got the nice part that we saw on TV out. But I just think... She, I don't know. She just she was never the best. I think she's a real good all-rounder, but she was never the best, mm-hmm. I think. And that's very difficult to pinpoint, I guess. I feel like in the challenges, too piggybacking off of that is she I feel like she never sometimes she does but very often she doesn't quite get the assignment Mm -hmm. like like with her lyrics today or like I was this to have the imagery of a queen and like not just go country like it's almost like sometimes she makes things a little bit harder for herself yeah and it's like, no, 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 you can just like follow the assignment and just do it really well. Like Kylie just took the assignment and followed it. Yes. 
I, I think you're right. A, a bit of me wonders if Eureka had that like Elizabethan rough thing yeah. and she was like, how can I make this work? Because like th- that first bit about kind of like, oh, Catherine the Great Elizabeth, I'm like, this makes zero sense. No, no sense. <laughs> and it's like, like I, I like sort of all of these like great powerful female like because it, it sort of also like contradicted herself because she was like calling out these amazing powerful wonderful women of the past supposedly some of them perhaps not so great or wonderful <laughs> in reality when they existed and saying like they're so powerful but we don't need them or they're not like it's kind of like but they're uh, I don't, like the whole thing was a little bit confusing and felt kind of pushed in order to wear that particular and like for the sake for of me. eight <laughs> bars she had to get that whole concept out and then throw it away it's like it was like you know if you had a whole song fine but you didn't girl <laughs> you had eight bars make them yeah. make the most of it i yeah i the second she said her concept i was like this is going to explode in flames mm-hmm. because I, so this would be my suggestion to her if she wants to come back and win and this is not going to sound like it makes sense but hear me out I feel like she really needs to take a comedic writing class Mm -hmm. because I feel like whenever she has to do lyrics challenges or anything where like they're writing something she's almost there but she doesn't quite get like like a cleverness or wittiness like I feel like I need someone to just like critique her writing a little bit and be like you know see how you don't have enough time to get this concept out let's take it down let's distill this write me another draft and just like do some drills on writing because her performing is great but like we just need that I think her verse in show up queen was very good that was one of the best that's true that was a good one one. Mm -hmm. I guess I I just I just worry sometimes when she's like doing her to doing the most kind of doing I, doing the most. <laughs> I, I I agree with you in that because she sort of also like she has a very big personality. And obviously, if you're used to performing on stage in front of an audience, being to, able to go to like the big screaming kind of thing is going to be exactly what you need to do. But in the context of something where you're like doing it for camera for television, you have to be able to give like peaks and valleys. And so there there isn't really like she seems to go from when she's able to just like in that pink table talk thing a couple of weeks ago when she just was sitting there she was being really real even on like the mm-hmm. tic-tac lunch today where she just was really just being herself she came off yes. so wonderfully so charming but when she goes into that character mode it's all like a bit overthought a bit kind of over the top because even like her divine and snatch game it kind of was a bit sort of stilted or something like it was mm-hmm. a very good portrayal and she had all the lines, but it didn't feel like it connected maybe with her character, with her character. Whereas say with Kylie as Dolly, there was a very, there was a, a true line of kind of like what like Dolly and, and Kylie kind of had in common. It felt more kind of, I don't know, it felt more like it matched. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think so too. Whereas Ginger is probably possibly the other problem where it's probably maybe too professional and she'd be able to like mm-hmm. let you in more, I guess. Following last week when we were talking about how Trinity sort of, you know, rimmed RuPaul, Kylie did a lot of rimming in her in her TikTok, and it did it did sort of irk me. And then in yes, in Untucked, there was the there was the poster from a CD, a RuPaul CD that she keeps with her everywhere, and I was like, Oh my Girl, god, come on! <laughs> now look, you got yourself a hundred thousand dollars, so maybe it worked, but. <laughs> 
too, too yeah. much. I, also, I'm sorry, like that that poster did not come out of like a Teen Beats magazine <laughs> in 1994. It would have been falling apart and sun damaged if it had been on the wall for the last like 47 years. I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah, we are not pretty. You you were in you were in giving out to some poor intern being like, print me off this picture. <laughs> There was such a great sense of camaraderie this season. And I think that was particularly notable before the Queens go into the challenge this week. There was kind of no, they were just kind of like, we're all going to do our best. One of us is going to win. That's fine. And we all love each other. And I thought that was really nice. Like it was quite nice to see, you know, this great British breakoff style of patting each other's mm-hmm. backs come to bake, uh, come to drag race. <laughs> Do you think that that was something that the producers maybe told them to, not that I think that they would be mean without being told, but um, just kind of saying to them like, oh, we want to be more positive, especially this season with COVID and everything. We want this to be like light, airy viewing, like no going at each other's throats. I wouldn't be surprised if, even if they didn't explicitly kind of say during the production, like, this is the way we want it, if they chose to, like, show it in that way. Because I think yeah. we've all we've all needed, like, positive, uplifting. Like, we, we couldn't take, like, another kind of season where everyone was at each other's throats because, you know, in many cases, people have been sitting in their house with just their partner for, for conversation for that. So like, if we start seeing people arguing with each other, we're all just going to start exploding. But like, yeah, I think it felt, it felt like a choice mm-hmm. to really zone in on the positivity. And then even sort of in terms of kind of showcasing kind of like the, the way in which each person was kind of like challenging a stereotype or kind of like pushing the agenda yeah. forward for a particular for a particular part of the community like it felt it all felt like very kind of like we're like kind of we're all in this together hands around the world we're all RuPaul's <laughs> children sort of <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I was wondering like I was thinking have since the Vixen in season 10 have they decided to you know maybe take a step back from causing drama the production team and just if it happens it happens we'll show but if it doesn't happen we're not going to go looking for it like okay season 11 had quite a few fights and untucked but there was only maybe one in season 12 which was Heidi you know at the end of the day it doesn't fucking matter and then there was Candy and Tamisha in season 13 but for most for the majority of the episodes of untucked they've been pretty you know friendly and I wonder have they moved away from the drama side I feel like they, I think it was probably a conscious decision because if they want drama, they'll make it happen or they'll edit it in. And I think that maybe when the show started, they were thinking more like, oh, we can kind of be like in America's Next Top Model, which was Mm -hmm. like very focused on drama. But now as time goes on, it feels like, well, why wouldn't we make this more like Top Chef where- Or Project Runway, where it's just like, you're all very contained. Um, You're not seeing them go back to the house. You're just like, it's like, we're good at what we do. And you're going to enjoy how good we are at our craft. And like, that's the entertainment, not everything else. Because, and I prefer that because to me, it's just like, if you want us to see drama, then I want to go back to like whatever hotel they're staying at. And I want to know, you know who's screaming at each other drunk at 2 a.m who's hooking up like I want to see that because it's too to me it's just like let's just get in and out and like do the challenges and not like focus on people arguing 
and I think as well the 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 fan base um has probably kept it quite a, accountable to how it represents the queer community yeah. and it needs to be doing it in a way that's positive because it probably is in terms of like platforms for queer people it's the biggest one in the world undoubtedly and so if it chose just to represent people in that kind of reductive 90s kind of you know the villain mm-hmm. or you know kind of the over the top like it was focusing in on that it would do an enormous amount of damage to queer people watching it in parts of the country where they don't have access to a community or to people who are kind of like trying to figure out how they feel about queer people because people think they still have permission to decide that but you know like it it just would be it it i think that they understand that it it's not really an option to yeah. like really focus in on the drama and like make that a core part of the show. I think it is just this new yeah. age of of kind of being cautious of the the people on the show and their mental health and the duty of care. Like when you watch season two or season three or season five, like the bullying and that and the things they say to you, it's really uncomfortable to watch for me anyway nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I imagine too, um, it, it makes such a bigger impact if it feels like such a family show now. Mm. Yeah. that anyone can watch it. So I imagine like it makes such a more positive impact to a young queer child who's like, oh, mom and dad, will you watch the show with me? And then they see, oh, these people are nice and they're kind of just like, they're like little clowns. They're just like dressing up. It's like they're putting mm-hmm. on a show. It's not um, this like drug-fueled, sex-fueled, like, yeah craziness that they imagine in their heads yeah yeah on this week's episode of the workroom james and i discuss episode four of drag race holland which includes me getting annoyed at a guest judge he kept being like wheelchairs are so funny you can make such comedy out of a wheelchair and you didn't make us laugh so missed opportunity i was like so when in my comedy 101 book did i miss wheelchairs are funny james being annoyed by the contestant vivaldi how do you not understand the privileged position you're in if you're able to be like drag is nothing to do with politics it's just about the party and the two of us read out your predictions of who's going to win and your favorite moments of all stars six so if you want to check out the workroom head over to headstuffpodcast.com and subscribe to headstuff plus and you'll get all of the episodes of the workroom from the past and going forward and you'll be supporting your two favorite drag race podcast hosts with the names keen and james see you over there World According to Wikipedia is a podcast that pops the hood of Wikipedia and invites you to take a look inside. Each episode, we will talk to someone from the Wikimedia community on topics like why are only 18% of biographies about women? Can editing Wikipedia be a protest or activism? And what is it like for the communities working on the 200 plus Wikipedias that are not in English? Subscribe on your podcast of choice and follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia. Right, let's get into... The performance, um, Kylie, I think we're all agreed, Kylie was by far the best, right? She just had the best look, the way she was hanging out of that Jeep door, throwing that bandana up in the air. It was just spot on. Oh, She killed it. Yeah, I mean, you said it already, but that it just was full justice. Daisy Duke. It it just, yeah, like, and just, it was the only bit of it that I, like, that I sort of, like, 
stopped to watch like that I was like oh my god Mm -hmm. this is like I'm enthralled by what's happening the rest of it I was kind of distracted by other things or I was kind of like figuring well what do I think about this to write notes and things but with hers I just was like no this is like this is phenomenal and a pop star she was like truly like a star and it was the other thing too is she felt so mainstream where everyone else felt like they were doing drag of a pop star where she was truly like embodying it like she was good for a pop star not good for a drag queen pretending to be a country pop star yeah yes yeah because raj's look i at the side i was like okay it's like gingham that's like you know country ish like we saw that in season officers five with RuPaul's family throwing peach balls to each other in paddocks and so she's kind of wearing like a picnic and then I as I watched I was like no look there's nothing about this this is it's like too camp to be country it's not country enough to be funny it's just weird you know what I think too is um Kylie has heads and tails the best style of any of the top four like the levi's challenge that she won um a few a few episodes back it was just like she was the only one that looked put together and she like kind Mm -hmm. of consistently looks like someone styled her but with that levi's challenge she did that herself so this is her, her doing it not hiring someone else to put her looks together but like everyone else it's like oh you're doing your thing but it's not quite it's not quite professional pulled yeah. together. I, I think as well, she like she does a lot with like very little. Like I think that she's mm-hmm. she like if you look at her looks over the over the course of the runway, I think that there's like a simplicity to them that just makes them look really refined and really elegant. It, and I know like a lot of them are like just like, you know, tongs or whatever, but like <laughs> there is there is sort of a there there is this sort of just like the way she presents it, the way she kind of like carries herself, it all kind of comes off as just like, like it's, it's sexy. It has some, some elements of camp to it. It really kind of just sells at like her as a whole person. Whereas there's kind of is more of a, like a, not a drag in a bad way, but like there's, there's, there's a bit too much going on in some of the other people's looks. Yeah. And I think she presents herself like there's this accessibility to her. Like she walks down the runway and she looks fantastic, but she still feels approachable. You don't feel like, mm-hmm. oh God, she's mm-hmm. too beautiful. I couldn't go near her. She's kind of just like... She's like Princess Diana. She, there she, there she we go. Like Princess the Diana. people's mm-hmm. princess. She is her princess die. <laughs> now, uh, James, I'm interested to know what you think of this. What do we think of the move Jamal made Ginger do to be sexy? I think that's a sexy move. Because I was watching I mean, it. that's a sex move. But... And I was like, that doesn't look sexy to me. And then I was challenging myself. I was like, am I, you know, is this coming from because her body type isn't typically bad? And I was like, no, Kylie wouldn't look sexy doing that either. It's just a weird, it's it's a cat cow and yoga. It's not sexy. I also just thought like it really didn't fit in with the vibe of the song. No. Like, why are you like getting down and doing your kind of like Britney punches kind of like on the ground during like not exactly not like a dancey country song you know like it, it didn't feel like it fit in and then I don't even remember if we saw her actually uh, do well, it we during the performance We'd- we did she looked okay. very uncomfortable <laughs> and she did not pull it off <laughs> but I did see what he was saying like you know I want to we see you do this one thing all the time like I want to see you be sexy so yeah. I do understand the impulse of like, 
I'm trying to help you here, like show them something different. And she just didn't really pull it off. But I do think that move was just like, not quite right. <laughs> it, it, there, there is ways for Ginger to be sexy. And Ginger's husband thinks that they are the sexiest person on the planet. And that is beautiful. But that move wasn't convincing anyone. So now that I say it, one of my favorite lip syncs is uh, Monet and Valentina also is for Ariana Grande Into You. And I do think Valentina does do a sort of cat cow in that. I think that's just Valentina. Valentina is her own beast, I guess. I'm not sure most people would look sexy doing that. (laughs) It's not the right move to thrust upon someone at this point. That's a move you practice. (laughs) You feel your way into it. Like you you, you need to like kind of, yeah, you need to have it in you. You need to have the music traveling through you and feel confident and comfortable in it. You can't 24 hours before be like, okay, you're now, you need to like do this sexy move that you aren't going to feel comfortable doing and it's going to like hamper your performance because you're probably going to be aware of it the whole time you're getting ready to go out there. Yes. Yeah. And also do it to it like a breathy vocal, not a, this is my country, feeling sexy, do a cacao. Like, no, it's, just, it's all wrong. <laughs> oh. Let's get on to the final looks. The All-Star 6 finale, Eleganza, Extravaganza. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I thought Eureka did look good. I, I did prefer mm-hmm. her finale look from season 10, but we'll get into it, I suppose. So therefore, for me, Ginger seems the only person who seemed to elevate her look notably, I personally felt. Um, so that was more I liked the most. But yeah, Eureka's share, her Bob Mackie, the headpiece alone was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I loved that. She yeah. was she was full share. Yeah, I loved it. She could one hundred percent. She could be like on top of a Christmas tree in a foyer in a hotel in Las Vegas. It would mm-hmm. be perfect. It would be sexy. Um, yeah, I thought that she looked great. I don't know. Like the runways this season have been really, really, really good. But I feel like some of the stronger ones were at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. and that like as we've gone on, like there has obviously people have had to use other things, whatever. So I felt the only person who really felt like this is a finale look was Raja. Oh, like I thought you? Raja, like I loved that purple velvety dress. I thought that the hair was beautiful. I like, I just thought that that, that like th- there's something about just, a, maybe I'm just being basic. There's just something about a gown at the finale. That's what I want. Yeah. You're walking the Oscars red carpet. But you're right. It should be a gown. <laughs> I just thought that looked like she made it herself. Yeah. And I'm just thinking back to, do you remember like the, sh- the red kind of tool dress that Shea Coulee wore? when she was doing her stand-up or like that gorgeous cerise pink thing she wore in her finale look or even like jujubes like southeast asian inspired finale look that's the caliber i expect and that did look like she made it herself and it wasn't good enough for me yeah it looked a little like fashion school um like end of semester like this is my thesis statement (laughs) and it's good like you can see the raw talent there but it's like oh i can see see the handmadeness yeah. of it all yeah there's like thumbprints in it. yeah <laughs> um well i think purple is definitely her color even if magenta is her favorite but um and i do <laughs> i do know what you mean in that like kind of if she had made that in a sewing challenge there on the set it, it would have felt equally yeah. like impressive when you come saw coming down the runway so the fact that it was brought as the I think for me it was the one that I was most satisfied to see because it was the one that looked the most like what I want to see on the the runway because I I didn't like the 
like I, I, I thought Rue had you no respect for these girls after having like basically saying that they are the moon and the stars to you to come out there wearing like basically a rah rah skirt. I mean, come on, this is unacceptable. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, but I, I, I was just like, this is, this is, this is a special night. This is a finale night. Gowns need to hit the floor, people. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not like gingers? No, I hated it. I thought it was the worst. It was horrible. Oh, really? It was so kind of just like, it was just like loads of, and, and you know what it is? Like you mentioned Project Runway. I have seen people do that kind of like rag bottom, kind of like bits of bolts of fabric mm. tacked in to try and make a skirt on so many challenges in uh, in in um, Project Runway. And it like has literally never worked. You know, like it always looks too bulky at the middle and then kind of, you know, your eye is drawn all over the place and the, the hem. So yeah, that that I I didn't like that. I thought it was a misstep from her. I, I thought that Ginger's outfit was just a little too any other runway. It 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 was just not a showstopper. I mean, you look at Eureka's and it's like, okay, that is that's your last outfit. That mm-hmm. is what you planned for your last outfit. Ginger's felt to me just like, oh had you just kind of blown your budget on all these other things <laughs> and you're like and you're telling yourself no 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 no, I really like this dress I really do oh yeah no 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 I, uh, I look great in this this is gonna be great and it's really like ah uh, do I really want to spend another two grand mm-hmm. on a show-stopping outfit when I already have this and I I'm just uh, it'll be fine and it's like no it wasn't quite I mean there's no there's no headpiece. There's no excess, like big accessory. There's no, I don't know. There was just nothing that popped off the page that signified. And here is my last plea to you. I should win this. Uh, yes. I suppose I liked it because I felt we'd kind of seen her in that like Southern Belle mm-hmm. silhouette gown several times so I felt look at least this is this is different this is ginger mints would make it fashion that's kind of uh, so I was like well at least there's an elevation here that's different from uh, what we've now, seen yeah you've you've put your finger on it there now I've got I've got the, you've given me the light bulb moment but <laughs> I think it's that in each of the other so with with Raja with Kylie and with Eureka it was kind of like sort of you know this is my Pokemon evolution this is my yeah. kind of like this is what I am at as my next level and it was like this you could see the very essence of who they were as a performer like elevated or brought to that next level and I think that because mm. even say with Kylie whose outfit was sort of just so was like small and you know short but still there was just this sort of like there was she just she exuded this mm-hmm. confidence and, and this sort of sense of this is who I am as a performer whereas with Ginger it did kind of just feel like I'm just going to put that dress on over there because it's the only one I've got left See, that's how I felt about Kylie and I love Kylie but I was like really like we've seen so many other good looks this season and I don't think her finale look matched up to any of them really like her Christina moment or even all the looks that the judges spoke about nines that were better than what she wore. I feel like maybe what happened and it definitely was, I think she looked phenomenal, but it definitely did not feel like, you know, the same kind of impact as Mm -hmm. Eureka Mm. with like a big show stopping gown. But I think she maybe said to herself, this goes with the challenge. And then um, her lip sync look, felt like and now here's my actual 
final yeah. look. Yeah. Whereas yeah. everyone yeah, else, I felt it was like, oh, that really was just like something someone else left behind because it's just like, here's like <laughs> yeah. a bodysuit with sequins. Yes. Yeah. No, I agree. Like hers was the only of the lip sync looks where I was like, wow. There was a bit of yeah. me thinking like, why didn't you wear that on the the, the runway? But actually I, I do love that like that country line followed right the way through. And also because like her lyrics have been about kind of like owning her twang and like owning mm-hmm. her kind of country identity. It was like, no, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to come out here, wear what could be considered to be like a super tacky American flag dress, but I'm going to turn it into sort of a moment that like really shows who I am. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, just because I loved her, but I didn't like it. So interesting to know that you guys aren't as much of a fans of her and you liked it more than I did. <laughs> Who did you think did the best in the final lip sync then? Oh, I mean, it was Kylie. That moment where yeah. she fell, like that, like that was, I was like, right, this is, the, this is, this is Naomi Campbell on the runway. This is like, like, I, yeah, she was the only one really for me. Because when I was watching it, uh, up up until that point, I thought she was actually the worst. I thought she wasn't really embodying it. I thought Eureka was doing great. I thought Raja was really attacking it. Ginger was obviously doing comedic. Um, and I was like, come on, Kylie. And then she fell. And honestly, because I was rooting for Kylie all episode, I was like, no, this is the reason now she's not going to win. And then she tumbled. And I was like, yes! <laughs> when she tumbled, I did the same thing. I was like, oh, no, she's just gonna fall and then just kind of like wriggle around on the floor and try to pass it off. And then when she did her somersault, I was like, "Oh, she won!" Yeah, mm-hmm. there's the win. There's the win. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. when she put out her the the jacket coat thing and like got on Ugh. it and was like all like that was just like a really nice like use of everything she had on her and like really created like a a tableau um mm. i i really enjoyed it yeah 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 i did i love that moment of her like sexily on the like yeah and especially because you would to incorporate it into your performance after it had tried to fuck you over you yes would like, i would have been like get off the stage but she was like no yeah. i'm gonna get back on here <laughs> I feel like my primary school teacher used to be like, you can't fall any further when you're on the floor. So she was like, I'm just going to lay here and I'm not going to trip again. <laughs> so that's it. Kylie is announced the winner. I I generally thought it was going to be Raj. When I saw Ruth's head turn to the his right, I was like, it's Raja. And I punched the air when Kylie won. I was really, really happy. What do you think her legacy is going to be in the Hall of Fame? I feel like she is someone who i don't know i guess maybe how her story is just such a great story the the way that um i feel like no one on the show thought that she was going to win and like expected her to pull this out um and i think maybe showing that you can go away quietly and work on your craft and like work on yourself. And then when you come back as a fully formed individual and a fully formed performer that you, you can still like take it all. You can still burst back out onto the scene, even though there's all these other people around you who have a little more tangible experience and like seem like they should be the winner. Like you can still, show people who you are, be authentic, and that will be 
rewarded. Yeah, I, I'd agree. And I think that there was a risk with her winning that it would be like, oh, like the trans winner, there's now a trans winner. That, But actually, I think her story is more about what you were saying of someone who did poorly on their original season or did poorly in their original in their original placement went away worked hard you know didn't get bitter about it sort of waited by their time and came back and then sort of excelled and surpassed expectations and i suppose mm-hmm. it'll show to like a lot of people who maybe get knocked back or get who sort of like don't succeed initially or who do quite poorly anywhere in their life that actually if you put in the time and the work and the effort and you really are authentic and true to yourself then you can come back and like if you do try again you you can actually win because i i think as well she somewhat rewrites what's the expected kind of narrative of a of an all-stars winner because yeah that's exactly what i was going to say she's kind of redefined an all-star yeah because it doesn't need to be someone who like finished in the top five in their own season or like you know kind of Mm. has a huge following kind of outside of it it can be someone who comes back in and just like wins people over and Mm. how old is she she's a little 38 okay so i think that's another really interesting and um inspirational part of it too Mm -hmm. of like you know you can you can hone your craft you can instead of there's a lot of queens who you know just keep coming back and it's like did you actually go Mm -hmm. back and like learn anything did you internalize any of these criticisms and work on it or did you just need to come back and she went away and you know, as Bridget Everett says, uh, the comedian at, well, she says it, but actually LL Cool J said it, um, <laughs> is dreams don't have deadlines, you know? Yeah. You can you can become the fully formed artist that you want to be and like still achieve your dreams. Like there's no, there's no cutoff point. Yeah. yeah. And that's true. I think she might be the oldest winner of the franchise. Which is mad. You'll love because, to see it. Like, I mean would not have put that age on her <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like she's 21 <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh dara thank you so much for joining us for the finale and breaking it all down for us uh tell us what you have going on with lady you remember this um well thank you for having me this was so much fun um so lady do you remember this i'm still doing my playboy girls next door season um it's just to spell it out for everyone, it's L-E-S-D-E-U-X. It's very difficult. It's not, <laughs> not probably Hill, not. Not for Hills watchers. <laughs> that's true. Not, if you know, you know. But if you don't know, it's maybe not the best podcast name to like explain. <laughs> if you people. don't know, it's French. <laughs> it's French. Um, but yes, yeah, so wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I'm on Instagram. Lady, do you remember this? TikTok. Do you remember this? So you know, come find me. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, we we had uh, Troy McKeady on a couple of weeks ago as well. Oh, and Troy, the two of you have been saviors in my year of lockdown because in a year where the world is burning and we're all dying, <laughs> looking back at what happened in the early noughties and the late nineties is just such a joy. You know, oh. <laughs> it really is. I'm so happy to bring you really the Lord's work. Yes, Um, yeah. (laughs) I have to say, I'm 
delighted Kylie won I know you probably feel a bit conflicted and I was actually thinking with the exception of Lawrence Cheney every queen I've wanted to win since we started the podcast has won well I think that you need to start letting the contestants know who your favourite is so then based on that right now season 3 of Drag Race UK who's going to win <laughs> uh, Victoria's going, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I need. I need to let. I need to consume them for several mm-hmm, weeks, and mm-hmm. then I then I make need to, my need to process. Because going into this, I was I was all steam ahead, ginger. You know. Yeah, I have to say, like, I I genuinely in watching that episode, I was a bit sad. I I really do like yeah, Eureka, and I thought the ginger like kind of gave it all and couldn't really have done any more. So it was sort of you know it was. It was it was sort of like sad for both of them, but I really was so happy that Kylie won, and I felt like she deserved it so much. And even I think, kind of in watching her her reaction to the um, in her reaction to winning it, like I feel like she half-assed that because I think that in her own mind she was like, "I'm never winning this." So it was kind of like, yeah, I thought so too. I was wondering whether she was like, "Fuck, I fell. I'm not going to win this." Like I thought, I, I it was in that moment that I was like, because she was a real underdog and she's won, and I wish we got to saw the genuine reaction, and maybe we will over the next few days online. I think no, I think we, de- we definitely agree with we you. definitely it will was very much. Half yeah, we definitely will get to see it in the next couple of days, and I've seen the pictures of, that they were I've seen the pictures of them at their live finale, and they all look gorgeous. So that will be good to see because seeing her genuine, I think her genuine reaction will be really authentic, and she will not expect to win. Like I would say that, you know. Now the other thing about that, of course, is did that mean then they had to all? Oh, oh never mind. Let's not get into the no. They, no, because uh, you, uh, you watched Untucked. I yeah. watched Untucked and I was like, okay, I know all of this is fake, but let's just watch it anyway. Like they, I guess they all had to film a, I just won and then I've lost exit of into the workroom. Well, look. And, and talking heads and the whole shebang. And it was interesting. And maybe this is too much pussy queen in my life. But I was interested to see that there was two times in the talking heads that Kylie was like, I'm here to win, I'm going to win. And I was like, why are they showing us this? This kind of feels like they're setting her up to win when they were. So I wonder, there was probably other edits of the episode that had Raj at the start and Ginger at the start. Yeah. Rue just tells them to press play on whichever one or whatever point. Exactly. Well, look, this is two, two, in, in two weeks... I've had my my favourites not win, but unlike Love Island, I am happy and satisfied with the winner of this uh, of this. And do you know what? And also, I was thinking, I was like, well, do you know, Eureka didn't win, and, and that is a shame. But I was like, do you know what? She's kind of she's kind of doesn't really need the win. She's got her HBO show, you know. Yeah, I agree. Kylie and Raja could probably do more for it. Ginger Minge is kind of you know a budding Broadway star. Ginger, or it probably will mean more for Kylie's career. I'd love to see Kylie join the cast of We're Here. I think that would be a fantastic addition. She, she, she definitely would be. If they wanted to bring in a, a third, a fourth queen, I would one hundred percent welcome Kylie into that fold. That fold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, good season overall. I think probably definitely. my favorite All Stars since two, maybe three, but definitely no. I think I think this this pips three to the post. Okay. I think it's season. I still love four, but. That's, that's Life's not fair, Keen. Life's not fair. Naomi Smalls. Naomi Smalls. Uh, thank you for listening for the whole season and interacting and playing the Fantasy League, which I will correct during the week and let you know who won and all the interaction and love and listens. We appreciate it all. We won't be here for a few weeks because... We're taking the no... advantage of the like two mm-hmm. to three week gap that in the... <laughs> yes. 
in the in the drag race in the drag race calendar uh, because we will be back before the end of the month when um well that's when we think that's not confirmed well no it's definitely on on wow presents plus on the ad it says streaming september 2021 Okay, there we go. Definitely by the end of the month, we'll be back (laughs) with uh, Drag Race UK Season 3, which is going to be really exciting, I think. The the cast looks fantastic. And the week week before it begins, we will be back with our Meet the Queens, uh, and we're Mm -hmm. hoping to do an Instagram Live again, as we did for All Star 6. So you can watch out for that over on Instagram at sissy.pod. And if you enjoyed the show and you want to say thank you, you can support us over Headstuff Plus. You head to headstuffpodcast.com. You can sign up and pay us however much you want and and you feel that you're willing to part with. And you'll be able to hear our voices every week because we'll still be doing episodes talking about Drag Race Holland, which is another fantastic series. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And that's what, that, that you're exactly right. If you were going to miss us in your life, you can head on over there because we will be <laughs> still, we'll be knocking the episodes out uh on and we we have a special episode in the in the heads to feed this wednesday we're going to be talking about paris is burning am i correct that's correct <laughs> it's almost as if we've already pre-recorded it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah big thank you for this thing we'll talk to you very soon see you love you bye, bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.